This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, June 27th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Kelly. Here's today's headlines. Crop insurance targeted in farm bill debate. Senate bill dodges a veto threat. Wheat growers not tariffs. And a mixed bag in the RFS plan. CRP announcement kicks off farm bill debate. Senate Farm Bill debate moves into full gear today with debate on amendments. First up for debate is an amendment by Senator John Thune of South Dakota to provide landowners more flexibility in cutting hay and grazing livestock on land enrolled in the Conservation Reserve Program. Beyond that, we don't know the full list of amendments that will get votes, but it's likely to include a proposal by Senators Richard Durbin of Illinois and Chuck Grassley of Iowa to impose a means test on the crop insurance program. Grassley's co-sponsorship of the amendment has raised concerns among supporters of the program, given his credibility on agriculture policy. The last time the Senate debated a crop insurance means test, Durbin's co-sponsor was former Senator Tom Coburn of Oklahoma. Senate Agriculture Chairman Pat Roberts of Kansas and the committee's top Democrat, Debbie Stabenow of Michigan, are working together to defeat the proposal. Grassley says the crop insurance means test is consistent with his long-standing effort to tighten commodity program eligibility rules. He also expects to get a vote on that issue. Keep in mind, more than 150 amendments had been filed by early yesterday evening, but only a fraction of those are likely to get votes. Roberts said we're trying to avoid anything that might be corrosive to passing a bill. White House avoids the V word. In a big victory for Roberts and Stabenow, the White House put out a statement of administrative policy on their bill yesterday. It makes no threat of a presidential veto. President Donald Trump once expanded work requirements for food stamp recipients. It's a key feature of the House passed farm bill. The SAP said the Senate bill's drafters missed an opportunity to tighten food stamp work rules, but the statement failed to back that up with a veto threat. Roberts called the statement, quote, very positive and joked, I could have written it myself. It's worth noting that the White House likes a critical provision of the bill that would reduce the interest rates that rural electric co-ops earn when they use a USDA escrow fund. The provision frees up more than $2.3 billion for other priorities in the bill. Now keep in mind, some House conservatives have been hoping that Trump would threaten a veto on a final bill that doesn't tighten those work requirements. Senate Ag found money outside the bill, too. Robertson Stabenow found a small pot of money outside the farm bill, but it's not certain the House will go along with it. The bill includes a brief increase in customs fee collections that would raise $371 million for the bill. A source says those fees have been tapped before for other legislation. The three-month increase in the fee wouldn't take place until 2027, a period selected at least in part because it generated the amount of revenue that was needed. It remains to be seen whether the House would go along with tapping those fees. For more information on those funding issues and the Farm Bill amendments that have been filed, be sure and read this week's AgriPulse newsletter. It's hitting inboxes today. Auto tariffs feared worse for ag than steel duties. The Trump administration justified its steel and aluminum tariffs under Section 232 trade law that allows the U.S. to tax foreign countries to maintain national security. Now, the U.S. is proposing to do the same to levy tariffs on automobiles and auto parts 
and the U.S. Wheat Associates is sounding the alarm. The steel and aluminum tariffs resulted in retaliation by China, Mexico, and the European Union on U.S. pork, dairy, potatoes, apples, orange juice, almonds, rice, yogurt, cucumbers, and other ag products. The retaliation will be even more severe if the U.S. puts tariffs on imports of automobiles and auto parts, according to the Wheat Associates. Automotive imports in 2017 were about 10 times larger than steel imports, and much of this came from significant wheat importers like Mexico, Japan, South Korea, and the European Union, the wheat group said in a public submission to the Commerce Department. The chances that U.S. wheat farmers will face retaliation increases substantially if the final measure reflect the scope of the investigation. In the meantime, U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer lashed out at the EU yesterday for retaliating against the U.S. steel and aluminum tariffs. The tariffs, quote, are wholly legitimate and fully justified both as a matter of U.S. law and WTO rules. Refiners win in RFS proposal. Biodiesel producers and gasoline refiners are among the winners from the EPA's proposed new biofuel usage targets. EPA proposed raising the quotas for which biodiesel qualifies, but the plan will not reallocate gallons of ethanol that were left unblended because of waivers granted to small refineries. EPA made the right decision to follow the law, which explicitly allows small refineries to apply for the hardship relief at any time, said Senate Environment and Public Works Chairman John Barrasso of Wyoming, whose committee oversees biofuel policy. He said the decision was a positive step to protect American workers and reduce the way this broken program distorts the fuel market. Despite the win on the waiver issue, a refining industry group, the Fueling American Jobs Coalition, complained that EPA kept the mandate for conventional ethanol at 15 billion gallons a year and also raised the quota for cellulose-based ethanol. Those two actions could increase the value of biofuel credits or renewable identification numbers, according to the coalition. NC Governor vetoes livestock producer protections. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper has vetoed a bill that would make it more difficult for people living near animal feeding operations to sue for damages. The bill, called the Farm Act, which includes a provision to prevent anyone who lives more than a half mile from the farm or who moved in after the farm was in operation from suing the facility. That according to WRAL.com. It would also bar punitive damages unless the operation had been criminally convicted or fined by regulators. The legislature may consider overriding that veto. In April, a federal jury awarded 10 plaintiffs who sued over hog farm odors $5 million each, but the judge reduced that to $250,000 each. Ranchers win on cuckoo. Ranchers are getting welcome news from the Fish and Wildlife Service, which has determined that the western population of the yellow-billowed cuckoo may be using more habitat than previously thought. That means the agency can move forward with deciding whether the bird still deserves its status as a threatened species. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association petitioned the agency in 2017 to delist the species. Here's today's She Said It. This misguided overuse of the waivers by the EPA could cripple the homegrown biofuels market for years to come. That's Senator Amy Klobuchar, a Democrat of Minnesota.
Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, June 27th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkins Miller and the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nelly.